circumstance. Now, uh, today's message, we will read from the book of Hosea, so please open at the book of Hosea, and we'll just go through the chapters. As uh, James has pointed out, I, I read the Bible instead of preach, so we'll continue that. However, um, I prefer the KJV, but when it comes to the book of Hosea, the KJV's language can be a bit harsh. You know, some of the expressions are a bit tough. So uh, I will be mixing in some NIV for the sake of um, a sermon language, so as not to uh, cause offense. So uh, if it's not exactly what it says in your King James, then it's because I'm straying onto the NIV to save us all blushes, because it's quite powerful language. So please, uh, let's open at Hosea chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. Now, who is Hosea? First, he is a prophet. He's receiving the word of the Lord. So, Hosea is a prophet. He has a message from the Lord to share with Israel. But also this name, Hosea. Hosea in the Hebrew is Hosea. Hosea, it means deliverer. And we read in 2 Samuel 22, verse 2, that the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. So a very interesting name for Hosea. Also, this Hebrew Hosea comes from the Hebrew word Yasha, which is translated as Savior. So we can see that deliverer, Savior motif in the name of Hosea. And Hosea 13, verse 4 tells us that I am the Lord thy God, there is no Savior, Yasha, there is no Savior beside me. So Hosea's name is forcing us to consider who is my deliverer, who is my Savior. And we will see that Hosea symbolizes the Lord. Hosea is going to live out a real experience, which is a prophetic message unto the nation of Israel. And that's why Hosea's name is so carefully selected. So special, so rich with meaning. Now, during the time of the prophet Hosea, Israel is ruled by Jeroboam II. He was an evil king. He did evil, and he led his nation into committing evil. It is an evil time. Now, verse 2, we'll be reading from the NIV. This is quite a unique instruction. Verse 2, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Now those in the KJV know why I expertly avoided use of the KJV. Now as I have explained previously, Hosea's name is not just any name. It is rich in symbolism, this name of Hosea. And so too, Hosea as a prophet he receives a specific message from God. It's a message specific to Hosea. I really want to emphasize this point. This message is specific to Hosea because he is going to symbolize a message unto Israel. With the young people here in the audience, I really want to be clear on this point. You know, when it comes to selecting a spouse, Hosea had to go through it so that you can learn from it. This is not general instruction from God. God is not telling godly young men and young women to go and marry adulterous spouses. That's, that's not general instruction. 
The words of the wise are, keep your eyes wide open before marriage and totally shut thereafter. <laughs> but now back to Hosea. What was the symbolic purpose? Why must he go and marry this adulterous woman? The prophetic message is very clear. For like an adulterous wife, this land of Israel is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Israel had committed spiritual adultery. And therefore Hosea has now been instructed to marry an adulterous woman. In verse 3, Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Diblium. Now who was Gomer? Her name, funny enough, means completion. But we will see that Gomer is not complete, but she is seeking completion. There is something missing in Gomer's life, and she seeks to fill that void with an intimate experience. She continually seeks completion. Does Gomer struggle, her, her struggle to find completion? Does that resonate with any of us here today? Do we perhaps also know that we are lacking completion? Maybe Gomer's story can inform you how to find completion. So here is Gomer. Into her life walks this man of God, this Hosea, this prophet, and he wants to marry her. He wants her for more than a fleeting experience. He wants a lasting relationship. He seeks her out for a commitment. Could Hosea provide Gomer with the completion that she is seeking for? And the same goes for the Lord and Israel. The Lord sought out Israel, and he married this nation, and he loved them. And the nation of Israel were his bride, and he their bridegroom, and they entered into a covenant relationship, the Lord and his nation Israel. But let's go back to Hosea and Gomer. For a time, things are going well. And we read in Hosea 1 verse 3 that Gomer conceived and bare him a son. What a joy, a blessing. Bear him a son. And then in verse 4, the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel. Jezreel, this name means the Lord will scatter. Jezreel, the Lord will scatter. Hosea's son is a message to Israel warning them that the Lord will scatter them because of their sin. And then in verse 6, Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Hang on. We note a subtle but crucial difference here. Hosea 1 verse 3 clearly said, bear him a son. But here in verse 6, we read that she bear a daughter. Something's missing. We do not read that she bear him a daughter. There is doubt. There is controversy. There is a question over this child and Hosea is hurting. He's hurting. And the Lord said to Hosea, Call this daughter, call her Lo Ruhama. Lo Ruhama, which means not loved. And this family is suffering distress. There is doubt, there is distrust, there is disappointment, and there is pain. And who suffers? Who always suffers? When one or both of the parents violate the sanctity of the marriage vows and undermine the family structure, who suffers? It's the children. The children suffer. They suffer the most. 
And this is why we need to pray for godly families. Godly families that will hold true to the family values as presented in the Bible. We must pray for godly families. Satan is attacking the family. The modern media strives to warp the family structure. To sell a counterfeit family model. Which will ultimately deliver broken homes and broken people. Pray for our families. And live the authentic biblical example. And now this beautiful baby girl, she's innocent, yet conceived in sin. Her name reminding her that she is not loved, all because her mother betrayed her father's love, and he responded in pain by branding this the child that is not loved. And so too the Lord. The Lord shares his pain. And he says in verse 6, Not loved, for I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. You see, Hosea's life experience is mirroring the Lord's experience with his nation Israel. And in verse 8 we read further, And when Gomer had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had another son. Oh, not again. Again, we do not read that Gomer bore this son for Hosea. This family is in turmoil. This woman and her licentiousness is destroying her family. Her household. Verse 9. The Lord said, call him, lo am I. Lo am I, which means, not my people. Now imagine what pain must reign in a father's heart that would drive him to the point of naming his child, not mine. Not mine. And so too says the Lord of Israel, for you are not my people and I am not your God. Israel is so caught up in spiritual idolatry that the Lord denounces them. Not my people. Israel is no longer God's people. And what happens then? What happens when a house is as broken as this house? Hosea. The deliverer. The savior. That is what happens. Hosea shows his love for his wayward wife, this woman that he loves, the same woman who has disappointed him so many times, betrayed him, disrespected him, publicly humiliated him through her shameless, wanton conduct. Hosea takes the children. I can't say he takes his children, because they're not all confirmed as his. But he takes the children to their mother, hoping that the pleading of the children can convince her to return. What kind of a woman is this? She deserts her own household. She discards her own children. I'm saying her own children. They're definitely hers. The question mark is whether they are all his. But she discards what is definitely hers. And now Hosea, he takes these children to see their mother. To plead with her. How devastating must this not be for these poor children to now be placed in this position of having to intervene in this situation? May we as a church and as families not put our children through such experiences. May we recognize the impact of these sins and flee from them. And now the Lord speaks. The Lord is speaking to Israel. Israel who by now is Jezreel or scattered. The Lord is speaking. Israel, scattered 
Jezreel, like Hosea's household, now is scattered. The Lord speaks to them. Hosea chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Say ye unto your brethren Ammi, and to your sisters Ruhamah. Verse 2. Plead with your mother. Plead, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. Let her remove the adulterous look from her face and the unfaithfulness from between her breasts. And we can see that things are escalating. It's spiraling out of control. Verse 5, their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. And in verse 8, she has not acknowledged that I lavished on her the silver and gold which they used for Baal. Both God and Hosea are supporting these unfaithful spouses. And the support they provided out of love to both Israel and Gomer, by their warped minds, these licentious women, they give the credit to their exploitive, self-serving lovers who use them and abuse them and demean them. And these women are placed in desperate and compromised situations. Their shameful conduct is made public, yet they will not relent, repent, and return to their loving, caring spouses. They would rather go back to those lovers for more of the same abusive and degrading treatment. And God and Hosea now have to apply tough love. Their love has been taken for granted. The goodness of their hearts, which would not allow for these women that they so cherish to suffer, they realize that this goodness must now be withdrawn. For these wives to experience the reality and consequences of their actions. In verses 9 to 13, they take away the food, the drink, the clothing, the corrupting gifts from these lovers. There will be punishment for the days of adultery when these women were covered in jewelry to attract the kinds of men who want to pursue them as objects and spitefully use them for pleasure and self-gratification. And in this situation of desperation, no food, no clothing, no interest, and now suddenly, no more lovers. The realization hits both these women, I have not found completion. I have found more emptiness. I am spent. I am drained. I am void. I am alone. I am nothing. There is nothing left. But no, I want to tell you, there is Hosea. There is the Deliverer. There is the Savior. And the Lord and Hosea, they plan this beautiful reconciliation with their unfaithful, undeserving wives. The women that they love. These women who have hurt them so deeply. But they, they love them more. They lure these women to the quiet of the countryside, away from the city and its temptations. They lure them out. Verse 14 and 15. Therefore I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness. I will speak tenderly to her. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. Rekindling that early love. Tender words. Now is the time for reconciliation. The disciplinary steps are no longer present here. It's only tender love. And it is this love that brings healing. It is this love that redeems. 
It is this love that restores. It is this love that reforms. It is this love that revives. It is this love that does not relent. It is this love that will not let her go. Conquering love that wins her over, that forgives despite the pain she caused. This forgiveness overwhelms her selfish heart. And she responds to this love, realizing that these tender words of forgiveness offer her what she has been looking for. Completion. She starts down that tearful path of confession, repentance, reaffirming her devotion and reconnecting with her husband, restoring that relationship. It is a day of victorious love. We read in verses 16 and verses 17. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the Baals from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. Verse 19 and verse 20. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness. And you will acknowledge the Lord. And when this husband and wife are reconciled, we see that the deliverer, Hosea, he has freed his wife from the slavery of her sinful, destructive. And when he is restored. Here now, the reversal of the curses. They've gone from curses to restoration of blessings. Verse 23. And I will sow unto me. This is the reversal of Jezreel. God scatters. God sows. I will sow her unto me. God now sows unto him. I will show my love to the one I called not loved. Lo Ruhama is reversed. And now she is loved. I will say to those called not my people. You are my people. Lo am I. Not my people. They are now God's people. And how do they respond? They say, you are my God. Total restoration. This family who have suffered so much, they are now reunited and restored by the love of the Isaiah, by the deliverer who symbolizes the Lord who loves Israel. And Hosea has completed God. Children gathered where they are loved, not unloved, where they belong to one family instead of being rejected. Made terrible mistakes. But God can. Out of a broken home like Hosea's, God can bring completion by His love that will not let you go. Now, unfortunately, the story does not end there. We page to chapter 3, sadly. After all they have been through, after the miraculous restoration and reunification of this family, where do we find Gomer? We find Gomer being a slave. Why? 
She was just redeemed and reconciled with her family. She found completion. Her children were sown unto her. Why is she a slave? Backsliding is why. The disappointment resulting from a love that grows cold. Backsliding. 2 Peter 2 verse 22 tells us that the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And Gomer, Gomer went back to her life of sin. And this time she sank even deeper than before. Hopeless. Surely hopeless beyond redemption. Surely it's over for Gomer. But greater than this disappointment, greater than this despairing reality is the love that will not let her go. Hosea 3 verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Hosea goes and buys her back. Hosea goes and buys what no one else wants. He buys what has been discarded and devalued. Hosea buys his own back. This is that love that will not let her go. Now, congregation, can we see the love of our God in this powerful symbolism and experience? Can we see how relevant this is for us here today? Excuse me for a minute. <clears throat> there is a message for us on three levels. The first level is globally. Globally. Globally, our earth is that planet which was sold into sin by Adam. And Jesus came and bought it back. Jesus gave his life selflessly. The atoning sacrifice that made this lost world complete again. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Globally, our world is that Gomer. The second level is the church. The church is... A word to describe the body of believers, the bride of Christ, God's people. The church today is symbolized by Israel in this story, and Israel is symbolized by Gomer in this story. And like Israel and Gomer received those three messages through the children of Hosea, what were the names of those children? Jezreel, God scatters, Lo Ruhama, not loved. Lo am I, not my people. So too the church receives three messages in the end time as per Revelation 14. Jezreel, God scatters. This was Hosea's son, Revelation 14, 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. God scatters the message, the everlasting gospel. This is the first angel's message to God's people. He scatters to all the nations of the earth. Lo Ruhama, no mercy. She was not Hosea's daughter. 
A woman in the Bible is a symbol of a church. And when we read Revelation 14, 8, we read, this is the second angel's message. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. There will be no mercy for Babylon, the false church. Lo am I. Lo am I, not my people. This was also not Hosea's son. Revelation 14, 9 to 10. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. The people with the mark of the beast are not my people, not God's people. Lo am I. The church is symbolized by Israel and receives these three messages of warning. So that was the second level. And the third level is for us as individuals. Are we like Gomer, seeking completion? Are we like Gomer, committing spiritual adultery? Are we succumbing to the temptations of sin and betraying our vows? Are we being spitefully used by this world and willfully submitting ourselves to this abuse? Are we ashamed of our behavior, behavior which disgraces the image of God? Do we feel like no one wants us? Like we are slaves and so worn out and useless that we can't even be sold at the market, worthless. Do we feel like Gomer, empty, incomplete, searching for completion in all the wrong places and selling out to false promises of a society which values things and uses people? Have we undervalued the cost of the cross? Have we failed to appreciate the high calling of our Lord? Have we failed to treasure that relationship, that covenant relationship? Have we failed our Lord and God? Is this you? Then Gomer is your answer. Colossians 2.10 tells us that we are complete in Him. Our God loves us with a love that will not let us go. He loves us to the redeeming of our souls. He loves us and wants to restore us. Reunite us. Revive us. Refresh us, reform us, rejuvenate us. Yes, He wants to recreate us. He wants to complete us by His love that will not let you go. Dear members, His love that will not let you go. I plead with you today. God will take you to the wilderness if He has to. He will take away the blessings that may have become curses. The clothes, the food, the drink. He will take it away. He will do whatever it takes. But why do you want to invite that? Why delay? Turn, turn now, turn today from your crooked ways. The saddest words in the Bible are also found in Hosea. Hosea 4.17 
It says, Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. The saddest words. When you so reject the Lord that he has to respect you enough to leave you. But why do you want to go there? Please, I beg, do not postpone. Do not presume. Do not put off embracing your loving God and Savior today. Commit. Recommit to your Lord God and Savior, your Deliverer, your Hosea. Please, please stand. Please stand to show your commitment. Please acknowledge the pleading on your heart. Please stand and let Him, let His love that will not let you go, let it change you. Please stand as we sing and pray. Please stand. Let's sing. of Hosea we have seen your love for us Hosea loving Gomer undeserving but a love that would not let her go Lord and we know that you love us so you will not let us go but Lord the question is whether we will let go and I just pray that your church your people gathered here today will not put off making a decision that could change their eternal, eternal outcome, Lord. I beg of you, please send your spirit to work upon the hearts of those who have gathered here today, who have listened to your word, and may they respond to your endless message of love, Lord. We praise your holy name. Amen. Mm -hmm.